Hey Pelicans fans, welcome back to the Protective Nest Podcast. We got a special guest with us today. We got Elliot Clough from the Believe Podcast Network. He's covering the Pelicans, new to the game, but he's making a big, big splash in this pond, small pond it is New Orleans. How you doing today? I am great, Dotson. Thanks so much for having me and um, shout out to Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Have a blast over there. We had you on. That was awesome. I'm happy to be joining you today. Yeah, well, uh, first thing we want to do when we introduce you to the to the Nest, the Protected Podcast uh, audience, is obviously we want to be live and local, but that can't happen with the coronavirus, so we switched it up a little bit. You're not in New Orleans right now, are you? I am not. I am in Madison, Wisconsin. Well, how did someone that close to Giannis get linked up <laughs> to cover the Pelicans? That's what that, that Give us that introduction. Sure. So I actually, so I went to the University of Northern Iowa, grew up in Iowa. Um, graduated in May of last year and was trying to figure out what the plan was post-graduation, uh, looking around and figured I should stay sharp in my writing. So I joined Insider Scoops Habit page, um, and they gave me a list of teams that I could cover. And I was like, well, Pelicans just drafted Zion. Here we go. Um, and go right in, started writing for them. And one of my buddies started a podcast with Belief, got in contact with them and started that podcast in January. And now I'm part of the Bird Rights team as well, so uh, over at SB Nation. So kind of all happened really within this year, starting in January. Um, and, and the ball got rolling. And, I mean, had you on, had David Grubb on the podcast, Holly Cosell, Preston Ellis. I haven't told you this yet. Will Guillory is going to be joining me tomorrow for the podcast. So that's another big one. Um, and I'm just very grateful to have the people of New Orleans welcome me. Uh, with open arms and it's just been a blast so yeah man you 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 getting hooked up with some of the right people over there with grub they 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 were really welcoming when i just come into the halls for the first time fletcher mackle i'll throw him out he was on our podcast i would say reach out to him he's always a very hospitable person when it's you know helping you know new graduates or new people to the beat help them get their feet in it but yeah new graduate what 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 made you want to write about sports or get into that line of work instead of maybe, say, the legal side of it or politics? Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I always grew up invested in sports. I was I ran track at UNI. Um, I ended up quitting after a year. But D1 athlete, I got the label, it's fine, um, and uh, decided I didn't want to run anymore. I knew I had a passion for sports, and then I acted in high school a little bit. So I guess taking that and applying it to podcasting and writing it's just a performance you know you're out there trying to do what you can to uh, not only reflect yourself but put a spotlight on the sport um and you know both my parents were english teachers you know stuff like that so that's how i got into writing but i've just always been been huge into sports so i'm um, a knack for it i really enjoy it so there you go yeah it's a it's another way to stay involved with the game involved with sports is covering it is one thing. I was a college athlete myself. After I blew out my shoulder, there was only one way to stay in the game, and that was to write. Now it's yep. podcasting, moving along. But uh, now that you're with the Pelicans, how do you feel about the team right now? The NBA is supposed to resume, depending on Kyrie's next phone call, but, you know, we'll get there. <laughs> right. I mean, I think we can feel about as good as – I mean, we feel about as good as we can right now, given everything that's going on what we hear is Zion's still in shape according to Andrew Lopez I heard the same thing from Ollie on our podcast this last week um Derek Favors is apparently in better shape than he was initially early on in the season team has had time to grow with each other over those 19 games that Zion has played 
statistically the best starting five in the league with Zion, Derek Favors, Brandon Ingram, Drew, and uh, forgive me, uh, he's the fifth player in the starting five. Did you say Lonzo? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> Whoops. And Lonzo. And Lonzo. Statistically it's just Lonzo. Nobody follows Lonzo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. Just the uh, ball brother. Who? What's the ball brother? <laughs> Just another one of those, right? Yeah. But, they uh, got a big signing with Rock Nation that was announced. That that was pretty good, but had yes. to play with it. Had to play with it. Yeah, right. the great, best starting lineup. Hopefully they can actually make that uh, something they do consistently because right. they only had, what, Zion for 19 games. But, right, exactly. So uh, with, with all of that said, I mean, you got Brandon Ingram. I mean, what we're hearing, guys have been able to rehab. Guys are completely healthy. All-star season for Brandon Ingram. Um, and I think what helps – Pelicans go into the remainder of this season is that they have dealt with one turnovers and two injuries all season. So it's just been chaotic. Like you never know what the starting lineup's going to look like. I mean, you got a young lineup with with Zoe, with Brandon Ingram, with Zion, Jackson Hayes, um, and so turnovers come at that level. But also, Drew has been turning the ball over this year too. So teams are going to be sloppy to start. Pelicans are going to be able to take advantage in transition. And, I mean, they've been turning the ball over all year, which has become a little bit of a blessing uh, with, with all the chaos that we're going to experience to start the year. Right, and with the turnover, hopefully we don't see too much roster turnover going into next season. I want to see him run it back. But what do you want to see from Gentry with, with his rosters and rotations going into Orlando? If everybody's healthy and fresh, do you want to see him maybe give the back end of the roster some development time to see what we really have? But we already, you know, we were forced to do that to begin the season anyway with injuries. Right. So how, what kind of thing do you want to see there? Set schedule or some tinkering to see what they what, what else they're doing? Right. I think a lot of it is determined by fitness, at least the first few games. I don't think um, – and it's also dependent on teams' records, whether or not they're going to get um, – because if the Pelicans win their first six games and they don't have to win their last two, I mean, I, I don't think they'll go with the idea of playing guys at the end of their bench if they're like a lock to make the playoffs because they want to be tuned up. Obviously, they want to get their guys minutes. They want to get their legs under them, all of that. Um, but I would say earlier on, I mean, in the playoffs, in, in situations like the Pelicans are in and trying to make the playoffs, teams tend to go 7-8 deep and stick with a strict rotation. I would see, or I would venture to guess that Jackson Hayes is going to be the, the ninth guy in that. And they'll probably get more minutes early on for Derek Favors. Um, and, and I think they'll spread the minutes out a little bit more to start. Once you get into that third, fourth, fifth game, I think it's going to be a strict rotation of that starting five, Melly, Josh Hart, and J.J. Reddick. And you'll see a little bit of Jackson Hayes here and there, but I think the Pels will more likely play small ball than get Jackson with a lot of minutes. Right, so no Frank Jackson. Jaleel Okafor shouldn't clock 20 minutes in any game except maybe the eighth game or the seventh game if they just don't have a chance at that point. Right. Uh, yeah, I think I agree with you there. I don't know if if Frank Jackson will be on the team next year, so why stick with it? I mean, we got D.D. Yeah. Silva. I'm I'm hyped for Silva. I don't know if you're in the same boat, but I think Silva will be one of the best values of the draft that, that just passed. Yes, uh, getting him in the second round. I know he's got experience playing professional basketball, and it's probably – I mean, I, I would think it's fair to say it's the second best league. Second, second or third. Second or third. It's got to be third, second or third. third. Okay. Um, and, I mean, got experience playing for the championship team, contributed. No, he's not going to be, you know, an all-star his first season, more than likely. I think he'll be able to step in and contribute. 
probably be better off with uh, him than Frank Jackson. Zada's got a higher ceiling than Frank Jackson. And I, I think getting him at least, you know, 10 minutes a game to start off his first year, I think that's great. And I think that um, I think that he could really have been, like you said, the steal of the draft. David Griffin, that front office, they are in love with BD. In love with him. So I think getting him overseas and maybe playing in the G League a little bit if you have to. Um, but I think uh, getting him over this coming year and getting him probably 10 minutes a game will be uh, much more beneficial than, than staying in the NBL because while the NBL is probably the second or third best league in the world, still ain't the NBA. The NBA is a whole other class. Right. I, I, again, agreement with you there. I think Silva could, could make Nikhil expendable uh, in a way. And maybe Nikhil spends time in the G League or has to, you know, go back and forth and has eventually moved on because we've got so many draft picks. Again, thanks to the front office that you can just play around with it. You can tinker. You can do all kind of thought exercises and look at, well, this package still leaves the Pelicans. You could package six picks and still have the Pelicans with three, four picks in a draft. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That's an opportunity not only going into free agency this year to grab Somebody, I mean, I'm assuming Kenny Hustle's not coming back. I'm assuming Jaleel Okafor's not coming back. Probably Frank Jackson. Who knows about Uncle E, each one more. I don't want to see him go. That's an emotional attachment that I think we have in New Orleans to, to Uncle E. But, um, I mean, you package those guys and go get a veteran from a not-so-great team that has a guy who can contribute to New Orleans, I, I think that's great. And I, I put an article... Uh, together recently for the bird rights on Kenny Hustle. I'm not sure if you saw it, Dotson, but um, saying that he pretty much has eight games to prove his worth, and I don't even think he's going to play. Um, the Pels need their version of Dennis Rodman. Does he need to be Dennis Rodman? No. Can he bring half the value as Dennis Rodman, being a great defender, rebounder? That's great. The Pelicans need that more than anything else on this roster. Right, and, and I read it. It was a good piece. I agree with you that I don't think Kenny Hustle is going to get that many minutes. Uh as far as Etwan Moore, I said it uh, around training camp when we went in for the media day. Just walking the halls and watching some of the practices before the season started that, like Nikhil and Jackson, they would straighten up if Etwan was walking through the hall. There was a little extra respect for Uncle E in the building. Obviously, the dynamic change for the team with injuries going back and forth, being in the grind of a season, uh, then introducing Zion while Brandon Ingram's making his ascension. But through all of that, there was a respect for Etwan in the building that was noticeable. Uh, maybe it was just me. Uh, I only mentioned it to a couple other people and on the podcast. And obviously you're in Wisconsin. You haven't been walking the halls back there. But it's just something you notice if you go to practice. Like, you don't want to just horse around too much with Etwan in the building if there's another task that could be getting you better in the game. There's no point in doing that at shoot-around. If you're in there for business, Etwan's going to help you. If not, he's going to get you straightened out. Is my impression. Have I seen too much of that? No, but we're not around the players at that most intimate times. And I, I doubt the media is ever in that position again. I don't know if you agree with that or not. But with COVID, there's no way, to me, there's no way they let us back in the locker rooms. We're going to have to find a different way to report the game, a different way to bring fans into the game and, and create the content. So where do, where do you think you might have to uh, pry around and find new avenues, be creative in, in some reporting that, you know, because we, we're just not going to be able to walk in the locker room, get three quotes, walk out, and write a story. That that old school way is gone, right. in my right. opinion. And it's going to have to be. I'd, I'd like to think that'll come back 
I mean, it might be a couple of years, but I'd like to think that I'll come back eventually. If not, you know, I mean, it's going to be the classic press conference thing where everybody's sitting together, they're all getting the same quotes. Or you're going to have to try your best to build relationship with not only the PR staff that, that would say the Pelicans, because that's the team we're talking about, but also the players. Like, you got to, I'm sure players, for the most part, they do these interviews and they go out for press conferences because they're kind of required. I mean, they are required to yeah. when asked unless they want to get fined. Um, so it'd be difficult to just say, hey, can we FaceTime quick? You know, because a lot of players are probably going to want to go home, chill out, relax. But if you can build a relationship with a player and you're friends with a player, that's probably what's going to get you the edge that you otherwise wouldn't get. That's my best guess. Right. That's been my approach with several players is – not even having to FaceTime with them. Maybe during the games, people have seen me. I would walk around the concourse. I could watch the game later. I, I write for Forbes, so I'm not really doing a play-by-play -play breakdown. I would catch up with the PR team, and maybe if one of the agents was in town or the representative or somebody with you know, maybe one of their endorsement, the brands came and gave them a bunch of sodas or equipment or apparel, or whatever it may be. I don't want to say too much and give away some of it. But, hey, do you mind if I just email or text you and give you time to think out your answer? So that it's not, oh, I got you in a I got you moment. I'm not looking for the got you moment. I just want to tell your story. And it makes you somewhat a part of the PR team, even though you're there to report on it. But how else are you supposed to really get an in-depth answer from someone right. unless they trust you? And the, the, the trust with the media left, even though they the players bemoan the media, but the media has made the league what it is today and made it to a billion-dollar industry instead of tape-delayed NBA finals. That's, that's in my lifetime. Yep. And I, I commend you for that because that's that's good reporting right there. Um, realizing that you're not you know you're not doing play by play, but you're covering the team. That's good stuff, man. Good on you. Yeah, it, it's something that I think more of. Not that I've been in the game 15 years because I've come to this basically off of other writing, freelancing, politics, that sort of stuff. I wasn't too big into sports reporting because I thought. A lot of it was too bland. You could read the same news article, AP, you know, the, the breakdown. It, would, it just wasn't for me. But then I got an opportunity to the, go, I guess, to the off to the side and work the fringes and talk to the players that maybe aren't, you know, the stars and tell them, hey, if you work with me here, I'll help tell your story. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker gave me a few quotes for a story, you know, to begin the season. Frank Jackson, Josh Hart, doing stuff for his gaming. And they're going to want that rapport when something big like the social climate that we have today pops up and you really need to say something, how do you say it? There's only so many people that can listen to a podcast or a story, but plenty of people can pick up a clip and go to Twitter with it, which I'm sure you know. You seem pretty active on Twitter. It seems like your podcast has grown uh, exponentially on Twitter. And I commend you for it. It's been good work, and I hope to see more of it. Appreciate it, man. It's been a blast. I mean, I, I just can't do anything but, but thank Pelicans fans for, for engaging and if you do want to follow me on Twitter, I'm going to do a shameless plug right now. It is at E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H. A ton of Pelicans content there if you want to check it out. Oh, yeah. Do you plug here? Do you plug there? Wherever. We'll get you at the end <laughs> just, just in case somebody's skipping through this or listening on the 1.5, which I can't stand. I like to just listen to a podcast at its normal pace. I got yep. the time. But since we're bringing up pace, we're bringing up gentry, and we're bringing up the running, how much run would you give gentry with zion if the team doesn't do much in orlando does he get another season does he get two more seasons because if you give him three more seasons you just you, you've wiped out zion's rookie contract exactly i give him one more season if the pels aren't the sixth seed at the very lowest next year time to move on um i, I talked about this a lot with chris connor 
I believe I talked about it with somebody else on my podcast as well, but my initial thought was Gentry has to do something in order to get fired. And I, I'm not standing on, I don't think that's very firm ground to stand on. I would say that in my thinking was if he doesn't evolve his system to tailor to Zion or, or doesn't do all he can to, to help the team move in free agency and get somebody who's complimentary to Zion or Brandon or, or, or what have you. But um, I think I liken it to the, the Frank, or excuse me, the Mark Jackson, Steve Kerr situation with Golden State. At Ascension, in one year, by bringing in Steve Kerr, they were a championship team after losing in the first round the year prior. Now, who that'll be, if, if that situation does come to, come to fruition, that's a good question. From what I'm hearing, Ty Lue is probably going to go to Brooklyn, probably coach them, take over uh, for the Nets. So I don't know. What's the other name out there? Well, you know, the only other what's names the other are, name who has that pedigree? The only other names are Mark Jackson and Mike D'Antoni because his contract's up in Houston, and I'm not sure we want to replace Gentry with the same system guy. It just it's not going to work. I don't think it would work, but hopefully there's we never have to find out. Reason, there's also a reason Mark Jackson hasn't been hired since he left Golden State. Right. I, I, I've talked around. I know a few players love him. They, 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 they'll die for him. They're also highly religious. I know a few other players that were like, eh, we'd rather – even if the coach wants to be religious, you know, leave it out of the locker room. Give the players their own sanctuary. And, you know, the best best thing you can do as a GM is listen to your players because the players are the most important pieces on the court, obviously. But it, without successful players, you don't have a successful organization. And, I mean, I think, I think Lonzo and Brandon Ingram are finding that out now. I think that's why Lonzo... Off the court, again, looking at it from the Forbes perspective, he, he moved out of L.A. in the media pressure cooker, and now he's with Rock Nation. He's got his own – he's moved away from his dad. He's become his own man. That takes a process. It, it's a process you need, and sometimes you need different voices, but the players also give you their voice on what they want to hear and what they don't want to hear. So, right. uh, and, you know, to throw in another name, I, I'm pretty sure Chris brought this up as well, Chris Conner, who you had him on fairly recently, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, he was on a couple weeks ago. We're going to try and have him. Uh, I'm trying to develop a, a good lineup of four or five people we could do every other week. Until we can go back to live and local, which I don't think New Orleans needs to do that. I don't think our podcast needs to do that for at least a few more months. You won't find me in Harris playing poker. You won't find me down at Rendon or Blue Oak Barbecue doing a podcast. Not for a while. Uh, there you go. Well, hey, man, hit me up whenever you whenever you need somebody. But to, to continue that uh, conversation on the coaching carousel, I believe he brought up Brendan Haywood, who was, I think he's coaching the G League or was coaching in the G League. Uh, and I think he won a title or something fairly recently. I, I, I know I'm not positive that's the name, but that's the name that's coming to my head right now. Former Mav, you know that, former member of the Mavericks. Um, but I brought this up twice on my podcast, and I'm going to see if, if you know it. You know the last coach who won a G League title that moved up to the NBA? Oh, wow. I do not. I would have to say, no, I really don't. It's going to kick your ass, Dodson. <laughs> it's Nick Nurse. Oh, wow. Yeah, I would have. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that one. I was going straight to. I think my mind kind of short circuited, and I went straight to the Rio Grand Valley Raptors. But that's because Houston was doing their, you know, take all the threes in the world right. experiment with them. And I was trying to think who was the coach there. Who was the coach there? Surely they. Right. But I don't even think they. They no. That that wouldn't have been. Wouldn't have worked. So, nurse. Yeah. I mean, we all know he's a genius, especially considering what he's done this year without Kawhi. I mean, I love that. He's also a North University of Northern Iowa alum, just like me. So, got to give him that. But uh, yeah, and the team that he took to the title uh, in the G League was the Iowa Energy at the time, I believe they were still called. Right. But uh, Nurse a genius. And I think it certainly doesn't hurt to take a look 
at, at that level of, of the uh, of basketball. Um, but I would definitely prefer somebody with a championship pedigree like a pilot. Right, and what I'm also hearing is Canada would not have a championship without Iowa. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, that's that's fair. You ever spend a winter in Iowa, and it feels like Canada. So, hey, man, basically the same thing. Yeah, I'll pass on that. I did a, a few winters in the mountains, and once 17 inches of snow hit in like 17 minutes, I started looking to come back down south. Like, Yep, yep. My senior year in college, we had a day where the wind chill was negative 40. Yeah, that's not so, a day at college. That's a day in my apartment. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it takes a braver soul than me to go through all that. But, uh, man, without going too much into it, we're already 20 minutes in. We appreciate you braving, braving the podcast, coming to Protect the Nest. We hope to have you on some more, and we'll get more in-depth. But, yeah, for most people's first time, we just introduce, talk a little ball, shit a little bit, you know. We can't yeah. have a beer. We can't sit out, and, but we do what we can. So, uh, yeah, appreciate you coming on. Give you another shout-out. Give you another plug. What you working on? Where can people find you? Yes, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Elliot Clough, and you're going to find all my work there. I make sure to share links and stuff like that. Um, also, I've got a couple pieces up on the bird rights. Um, one about Kenny Hustle and one telling Grizzlies fans to chill out with this new format that we got for the playoffs. Um, I got a podcast coming tomorrow with Will Guillory, beat writer, for the athletic covers the pelicans for the athletic got him coming on the podcast we'll be recording tomorrow so that podcast will be up wednesday at 6 a.m you don't have to listen at 6 a.m but it'll be available at that time if you're awake uh very excited about that one that's probably the biggest guest we've had so far from the podcast other than you johnson obviously oh no uh, but, if you're judging on twitter followers will is definitely got me yeah. <laughs> right. right so uh very excited about having will on this coming week but um, if you want to check out some writing at Hoops Habit as well, I write for them, and um, I'm going to have an article coming up here soon as well about Pelicans' chances to not only make the playoffs but advance in the playoffs as well. But if you want to just find any way of interacting with us, the podcast, or any of those articles or anything like that, just head over to Twitter and follow at Elliot Clough, E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H. But there you go, Pelicans fans. That's a quick introduction. We got Mr. Elliot over here. He's moving up in the world. Got his podcast. Got his. Got a link up with SB Nation and the Bird Rights. We're going to try and keep you informed as much as we can. There's not too much going on, but once the game starts, you'll know the trusted voices you can come to to, to hear a little bit more about the game and a little bit more of just chit-chat. So until next time, protect the nest. Talk to y'all later.